Hey up, it's Ash. Welcome to Flicks and Scoops, where I'm combining my passion for film and love of ice cream. Each episode, I ask my guests to pick a film, I then make an ice cream inspired by the film, and then we sit around and chat about the film while we eat the ice cream. And if I didn't just say the words enough, then film an ice cream just for good measure. Today we've got new kids on the block, Mike Hayes and Antonio Menge, the brains and brawn behind Natta De Natta Records. Berlin-based hip-hop producers who find the time to watch a few films and scram some ice cream when they're not working on the freshest beats in town. To pander to their OnlyFans page, they've gone with the Eminem vehicle 8 Mile as their film of choice. As always, the show comes with a spoiler warning. If you haven't seen 8 Mile and would prefer to watch it before giving us a listen, then it's advisable. And even if you have seen it before, watch it again. Otherwise, you won't feel the benefit when you get outside. Now, without further ado, thanks for tuning in to Flicks and Scoops, episode four. Now it's time for ice cream. And you can get it right here. All right. Flicks and Scoops, here I am with Mike Hayes. Hello. And Antonio, don't know the surname. <laughs> Antonio Mendes, a.k.a. Lil Tony, <laughs> a.k.a. Young Nata. Young Nata. You might know them as the Nuns Brigade, the Spice Boys. <laughs> but today, and from now on, they'll be henceforth known as Nata de Nata Records. <laughs> Thank you very much. Hello. How are we doing? Been pretty good. Eating some great ice cream. Eating some delicious ice cream, mm-hmm. yeah. Good mm-hmm. tip. Straight away, in there. I'm very surprised how well it turned out. Mm-hmm. It's really good. It's cool because you go with the unexpected combinations, mm. but they're just unexpected to us. That's very true. Mate, mate, what do you mean just to us? Man, we don't know enough about ice cream. Oh, I see what you mean. I know pretty much enough all about ice cream. Mate, you've mm. made a podcast about ice cream. Okay, <laughs> 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 Uh, it was the first on Flicks and Scoops. The ice cream was served in cones, mm-hmm. but I cheated a bit and put it in a bowl because I've got all the technical equipment near me, so I didn't want to spill it everywhere. Uh, but today we're talking about 8 Mile, the 2002 film mm-hmm. starring Eminem. And the ice cream was ginger and white chocolate. The reason being... Is that Detroit has a careful when you before you say the white chocolate part? Just <laughs> have a disclaimer or something in this. Uh, the <clears throat> yeah, Detroit has a drink called the Boston Cooler, which is ginger ale and vanilla ice cream. So that's where the ginger's from, and then the white chocolate because <laughs> Eminem's white chocolate. <laughs> Shit. He really is very is sweet. Edgy? No, it's fine. It's fine. It's, all it's good. very sweet. <laughs> With caramel ginger in there. Uh, so good. I'm glad you're enjoying it. You've almost finished, which is you because You're gonna have to mm-hmm. start talking right about now. Good. Yeah. No. The I have to say, the white chocolate is delicious in it, and the caramelized uh, ginger in it like is that little bit of extra texture I think to the ice cream, mm-hmm. which is really good. Uh, so yeah, I would give it nine scoops out of ten. That's right, nine scoops out of ten. But like in a general scale or in an ash scale? No, in an ash scale, yeah. Not leasing ash. I'm just no, saying. I mean, I've had a lot better ice cream. I'm just saying for, for ash. Yes. What, you mean in comparison to like store-bought or whatever? Uh, 
No, and it's not, much better than Starbucks. Yeah, of course, it's definitely much better than Starbucks. But Ben and Jerry's is pretty good. <laughs> I do like a good Ben and Jerry's. Yeah. Yeah, but we don't respect them like that. We're supporting local businesses, small businesses. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, shout out to Ben and Jerry. But mm. we live around the corner from an ice cream shop, and I want. I wanted to serve it in cones for the whole microphone thing. And I went to try and buy some mm-hmm. from the shop around there and they wouldn't wouldn't sell them to me. Not because of like rival business, but because of the bloody finance amp. Like, yeah, yeah, if we if we if we sell a cone then the finance amp's are gonna think it's a scoop. So then the numbers are gonna be off and then we'll get penalized. I mean this is exactly the kind of bullshit that only happens here in Germany. Nowhere in Portugal would someone, if you try to pay for something and they have it to sell it to you, no one will ever deny your money. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, then how much is a cone, though? Yeah. 20 cents. I even offered to pay for, uh, like, as if I'd had a scoop yeah. and take the cone. Yeah. Like, is the finism going to come and, like, count all the scoops? Like, how do they do that? Like, that doesn't mm. make any sense. And I'm pretty sure they've got bigger fish to fry with all this like short-term <laughs> work money and all that stuff they've got there. I have a question for you, actually, Ash. Go on. Do you like cones? Uh, do you prefer cones with chocolate at the bottom of it? Do you like having a cornetto, like the chocolate at the bottom of the cone? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a great question. Like solid chocolate. Uh, that's a good one, actually. I kind of like the ice cream to melt into the bottom of the cone. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then eat whatever ice cream I've had. Sometimes the chocolate can be a bit much, a bit hard. Mm-hmm. Mm. But the chocolate is nice because, I mean, not in the Corneto because you've had so many, but when it's a new place, you can only find out at the last bite Ooh. if there's chocolate. Great so point. It's like, yeah, it's a surprise, isn't it? I think is there? Is yeah. there not? But are you let down if there's not chocolate at the bottom of it? That's No, no, no. I don't have that expectation. Like, you don't need you to don't have the expectation there. at all? No, it's not your job to put that there. But if you do it, it's a beautiful surprise, isn't it? Uh, what's your preference? Did you ask because you prefer the chocolate or because you would rather have it plain Jane? So the only reason I thought of it was because I was right at the bottom of the cone and I was like, is there chocolate? And I was hoping for a little bit of chocolate at the bottom, I'm not going to lie. I would have been pretty happy if there was a bit of chocolate in there. <laughs> Maybe I could try that. I should make my own cones. Ooh. Yeah, I have a follow-up Ooh. question then. If you were going to put something at the bottom of the cone that wasn't chocolate, what would it be? <sighs> Brilliant question. Wow. Bloody hell, these guys. <laughs> I like that you've done your ice cream homework, <laughs> boys. Uh, if it wasn't chocolate, then uh, I really like marzipan. Marzipan? Yeah, but it's not to everybody's taste. You've never been, <laughs> never been to marzipan. <laughs> you've never been it's, to not the, it's not the country. <laughs> <laughs> Flicks and Scoops royalty somewhat, considering they made the theme tune that you've heard. How was the process? Uh, Yeah, it was all right. Uh, Very demanding you are, aren't you? (laughs) I know what I like. Yeah, you do. Uh, No, it was fun. Uh, It was quite. It was quite simple, really. We just threw a few things together, but uh, I think it sounds sounding good. I think it's the right vibe for the for the podcast. Yeah, I agree. I was very pleased with the output. We had a minor contretemps. Yeah, about the. uh, there was a, a particular snare drum that I wanted and you didn't. <laughs> I, I think it sounds good, though. It's a nice little braid drum. Do you like the little scratching in it? I don't know if you've heard, you guys have heard the full version of the, uh, of the track. Listen all the way to the end. Oh, the yeah. End. There's, there's the, the short version for the intro, I think, that you're doing for the podcast. And there's a, a slightly longer version. And maybe you should give it a listen. Uh, but it's, 
It's all right. It does the job, right? Yeah, that's good. So come on then, tell us what Natter to Natter is all about. So, uh, put very simply, uh, we're a hip-hop uh, record label based here in Berlin. Uh, we kind of started up, I guess, just before the the pandemic hit, just before lockdown. Uh, but yeah, we, we are a couple of guys making hip-hop beats, really. Uh, and we have the two more people uh, on the label as well, other artists. We've made, basically, the idea is uh, we have a quick little compilation album uh, coming out. Uh, and that should really give us a bit more of an introduction, I think, into who we are, into kind of what we're about. So let's just let the music do the talking, I guess. <laughs> I've heard some of this music as we live opposite each other. I bet you hate it. I bet you've heard it so many times. I, bet you... I must admit, the process is different. I think this, the finished items will be good. I like what I've heard. But also, I hear you during the process, which is pretty laborious to say the least. I guess it's fine if you're doing it, but... No, it, it's still mentally draining <laughs> when you're doing it. Uh, especially in the moment, uh, you know, I took a, a few years out and so I'm a little bit rusty when it comes to it, especially doing like the mix downs. Uh, it can be a little bit uh, painstaking and I'm sure sometimes I have my door open, I know, and you can just hear the same thing on repeat over and over and over again. So yeah, I'm looking forward to when this is out and I know I never have to listen to them again. I think that's what most people who make music would think. Uh, unless you're Kanye West and you love listening to your own music. But <laughs> I think the process is so uh, so difficult and uh, time-consuming and repetitive that it kind of you get very sick of it, yeah. I'll be pleased not to have PTSD anymore. I, well, I mean, I'm going to be making more music, so... <laughs> <laughs> so how did, you two, uh, how did you two find each other in this crazy world? So me and Antonio, we uh, met at our current uh, job uh, and we were both very much into hip hop. I didn't really know anyone who was really making beats as well. Uh, so for me, like having that someone who was also interested in it was, uh, was pretty valuable for me, I think. So the thing is, so I was doing beats maybe like in 2012 or something and, and before, right? So maybe eighth, ninth grade until beginning of college. And then I was only doing beats at some point and I started skipping classes a bit and I was playing live here and there in Lisbon and I was getting too much into it. Um, but yeah, so I actually needed to go and make some money at some point. So I was like, okay, let me fucking like focus on school for a bit. So I did college, got a job, kind of always put it to the side because it, you know, it's a time consuming hobby kind of, especially if you want to try to, to be good. Um, and yeah, I put it to the side and then I think it's what you were saying that you just kind of need to know someone who's also doing it like a friend to feel engaged again and to be like, okay, let's, uh, let's try to make something. And I, again, like even doing this as kind of a label is good because it, it puts more pressure on it in a good yeah. sense, right? Yeah, I agree. Motivation with yourself is really difficult. Or I find it difficult anyway, which is why it's taken me, I don't know, three years, I think, to do this. So it definitely helps to have somebody. So fingers crossed it's going to be out by the, by the time your EP comes out. But yeah. I'm sure with you two uh, kicking me up the ass, it'll be, uh, it'll be good. What's the whole process of starting up a label like? Is it literally just, all right, get SoundCloud, start producing stuff, and then bish, bash, bash? Or do you have to register stuff? We're probably the wrong pe people to ask. Like, yeah, we really <laughs> no don't know what we're doing. Yeah. Uh, I think one of our first premises is to get music out there. Like, mm -hmm. It's all good having a label or whatever, but if you've not got any music, then <coughs> who's mm -hmm. going to take you serious? No one gives a shit. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the first thing was just to get some body of, of music 
uh, yeah. there and have and, a catalog of mm -hmm. some kind. And then I guess when we get sued for the first time, then we'll look into like, <laughs> how to set up things properly. But is now, it predominantly uh, hip hop that you're going to be doing, or you, do you think you're going to diversify a little bit? I think we could we could you know branch out a little bit. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just that's what we're into at the moment. Mm -hmm. But I'd be I you know I love like jazz music. I love the soul music, mm -hmm. uh, like neo soul as well, which is pretty good. So that that kind of style, I'd be more than happy to mm -hmm. uh, to carry on with. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Alabama. Yeah, cigarette. Uh, we're going to kick off with some ice cream questions, mm -hmm. just to ease you into it. So, firstly, are you a flicker or a scooper? I have a question already. <laughs> Because I have no idea what this means exactly. Like, I uh, can you can you translate it for me? Oh, the flicks and scoops. Yeah, of course. Oh, oh, oh yeah. It's not going to translate to a foreign audience, is it? I have what flicks? Yeah. No, I know flicks are movies. Oh, really? Yeah, but what do you mean a flicker or a flicker scooper? Flicker is like a but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, do you, do you prefer do you prefer films or? Ice cream? Ah, okay, okay, okay. Um, man, that's fucked up. <laughs> I think. Man, I prefer ice cream. <laughs> I think no. I mean, I know for certain. I prefer films. I never really cared that much about ice cream. In all honesty, uh, oh my God. maybe it was more recently. Uh, I mean, I'm from England, so the weather's <laughs> not that warm. So having an ice cream seems kind of redundant that's, and cold. Uh, that's so. a big. That's a big misunderstanding. Ice cream is not only for the summer. Good ice cream is year round. <laughs> Do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah. Are they big on ice cream in Lisbon? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, there's. I mean, it's it's big. Just again, like there's. It's always good weather, and you're out and everything. But it's not like you go there and you can expect to find maybe like the craziest ice cream, right? Maybe that's still in Italy, in Europe. So it's it's good. There's a culture, but it's in, like not in the future or something. I've always found that really weird about here in Berlin, because I mean, most of the time. It's cold year round. Mm -hmm. There's maybe like two or three months where it's yeah. average temperature. But they go mad for, proper mad for ice cream here. Mm. Like I'd never seen a queue outside of an ice cream store until I came to Berlin. Uh -huh, uh -huh. True, but they go all the way with some things. It's the same with the the whole asparagus situation. Asparagus, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've never noticed like during the asparagus season, which is like a short season. Every menu, every restaurant has a, another menu just for asparagus. And they don't actually need it because it's like the same dish with asparagus. But they want to make sure you know it exists. <laughs> right, okay. Shout out to asparagus. Uh, so, yeah, follow up to that. Uh, do you usually eat ice cream in cups or cones? Cups, unless the cone is something special of that place. You know, like, oh, these guys, they end make it or something. Uh, otherwise, cup. To be honest, I again, I had never, I don't think I'd ever really, I think always like growing up, I always had it in a cone. I would never have it in a bowl unless it was with some other dessert. Uh, if that was like a, a strudel or something like this, mm -hmm. whatever it was. Uh, so I normally always had it in a cone if it was just on its own. But yeah, now when I go to a, an ice cream shop, I think I'd go for a little uh, in the bowl. I, you want it on its own. Like a cone can sometimes melt mm -hmm, a lot. Mm -hmm. it's, like once you have the ice cream, 10 seconds later, it's already dripping on you. you know, mm -hmm, I have a nice mm -hmm. pair of trousers on, man. I don't want to get any, <laughs> any ice cream on me. He <laughs> loves trousers so much. Uh, do you have a favourite ice cream or ice cream flavour? 
pistachio. Mm. I mm-hmm. love it. I love pistachio ice cream. That's that's my favourite. Uh, I only ever heard about it about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I've never got every time I go to an ice cream shop now, I'm getting a pistachio one. Is that how you judge an ice cream shop by its pistachio? How good the pistachio <laughs> ice cream is? Yeah, hundred percent, definitely. I, I was gonna say pistachio. Man. Oh, what? It's like from oh, the classics, man. <laughs> oh, you guys! Oh, so much. That's where we started the label together. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, so, when you go to the cin- do you go to the cinema much? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, date night. And when you go, do you, what's your snack of choice? Do you usually go for ice cream, or is it more savory um, stuff? Usually, popcorn. But if there is a good ice cream selection, I always think twice, and I'm like, mm. "Hello, man! Like I'm from you know working class area. We don't buy stuff for the cinema. It's fucking ten times more expensive. <laughs> Just smuggle it in. You've got to yeah, smuggle yeah. it in, haven't you? That's if that's point. you know pulling up your up your t-shirts, whatever it is, <laughs> you've got to find a way to smuggle that sweets in. <laughs> it's like ten. It's like it'll be like ten it's euros true, it's true. for like a yeah, pack of sweets. It's it's kind of disrespectful. It is a little it? bit. Yeah. They take us for fools. <laughs> Apparently they do. But I mean, the, the cinemas are suffering now. So maybe next time they'll go, I'll buy something, but... Yeah, if not it's a local cinema, yeah. If it's like a Cine World or a... Yeah, no, 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 no. Whatever they have here. What do they have here? What's the big ones? Um, Cinestar. Cinestar yeah. and UCI. Yeah. And Odeon, is that, is that here? No, it's UGC, I think. Cinestar, Cinemax and UGC. Right, okay. But I imagine they'll be... Fine, after this crisis, I would imagine. I don't know, but yeah, I think definitely independent are gonna struggle. Mm-hmm. I guess. Do you think it's gonna after this kind of crisis? Because obviously people aren't making films right now, so it's not. It's gonna last quite a while. There's not gonna be that many new films out. Or do you think they're holding back on them? Or like, how do you think it's gonna gonna work? Yeah, it's difficult to say because I mean, I think some productions have started up in some areas of Europe. I should just say we're coming at you semi-live from quarantine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're sort of coming out of the back end of it in Germany, but there's still some other places that are fairly locked down. And a lot of places always have productions in the bag or halfway through anyway. So I don't think there's going to be a point where there's like nothing coming out. Mm-hmm. But I definitely think for a good while it's going to be mainly like streaming platforms and big blockbusters and stuff like that, just because smaller uh, production companies aren't going to have the money to, you know, risk on a smaller indie production or whatever, unfortunately. I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I hope this period of giving people opportunity to see some decent cinema and have a renewed vigour for indie cinema and support smaller uh, local venues. But it's not very often you can trust the masses. It's almost beautiful. So do you watch a lot of films, if not at the cinema? Yeah, I mean, the majority of the films I watch aren't at the cinema. Maybe I'll go once every couple of months to see something and it has to really excite me for me want to go to the cinema and watch it in honesty. Uh, so you never go watch something randomly? I would never go to the cinema without really knowing what I was going to go watch. Yeah, it'd be one that I'd kind of planned that I'd want to go watch. Okay. Yeah. But that's because 
It's like an effort, isn't it? To yeah. Sometimes to go out of the house. But I like it more. So I usually, of course, I go and I know what I'm going to watch. But especially in Berlin, because in Lisbon, there's like all the smaller cinemas that they ended up closing. But in Berlin, there's a lot of small cinemas mm-hmm. and stuff. And so I kind of enjoy doing it more impromptu. You know, like I go out of work. Uh, let's let's go after dinner, like see movie 8 p.m. And so you see random movies sometimes. Like, and I don't know, sometimes it's surprisingly good, but sometimes it's also really shitty and you don't want to leave. That's the problem I have. <laughs> but do you, is it because you're worried that you're going to see something shit or is it the like the price of the ticket or whatever? No, I mean, it's because I feel like if I go to see something shit and I'm just stuck in there for like two and a half hours, or that's not even the length of the film anymore, is it? If I'm just stuck in there for like 80 minutes, 100 mm-hmm. minutes, I don't know, it seems like a bit of a... I like to be able to know I can just switch mm-hmm. it off and just leave. And I feel like leaving the cinema is it takes a lot of effort to be like, fuck this, I'm leaving. Okay. Bringing you like your coat out and everything like that. So you've never left? I've never left a film halfway through the cinema, okay. no. But that's because I'd always go to cinema to watch a film I'd probably yeah, wasn't yeah, going to yeah. like. That's fair. Yeah. Have you? Have you walked out early? I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure I did. I think I have a vague memory of leaving The Last X-Men or something, or... Not even X-Men, one of these like superhero movies, and I was like, man, I'm out. Enough. But but it has to be really bad. Yeah, I'd, n- I'd never done it until last year, actually. We went to see Disobedience, it was called. So really droll. And the cinematography made it worse because it was all really dark and <laughs> grey and sort of claustrophobic. So I never do it, but the, the girl I've seen at the time was just like, should we, should we just go? And then I kind of felt... A bit excited. I was like, yeah, shall we just get? And then you feel like, all right, I, I like watching a film to its completion, but also, hey, we've just saved 45 minutes there. Sweet. But so imagine you're reading a book and you're kind of tired of it midway through. Do you stop or do you keep reading? Because you already invested, you know what I mean? Because it's more time. Usually I, I finish a book. Even if it's really like Even if dragging. It's bad. Yeah, but then I realized that that is as bad as just dropping it because a lot of the time you have to reread stuff or you don't take it in whatever. so you're really going to waste like hours and hours of your life reading like a book that you know is shit <laughs> I, I couldn't do that I think if it was just shit I'd just like nah yeah I usually give up too books less so but films I've got more of a patience for yeah right. uh, why did you choose this film why did you choose 8 Mile well, we were going to watch uh, Get Rich and Die Trying, but uh <laughs> didn't feel like it cut the cloth enough. Cut the cloth doesn't make any sense. I didn't uh, feel like it was good enough. Yeah, exactly. Man, we didn't want to come through with some hyper-planned intellectual movie or something, if that makes sense. Like, we could go super deep, but no, it's like 8 Mile. It's a nice movie. Everyone watches it and has fun. Eminem kills Papa Doc. Amazing. He absolutely spoiler. kills him. <laughs> yeah, sorry if you didn't watch. No, no, it's good. I'll, I'll put a spoiler warning to start. <laughs> but man, it's in it's the physical a sense, movie. he kills him. Yeah. Now people can think, you know, actually. Yeah. <laughs> and it's it's a good movie. Like it's it's not too much. It's not too little. It's a good movie. So you've seen it quite a few times before watching it for this. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Do you regret any of those times watching it? No, man. No, I mean, I, I like, enjoy the film. It's, it's a good film. It's a good laugh. Like, there's some good moments in it. It's got a good cast. Uh, and it's got some good rap battles in it. And you can't... Uh-huh. Yeah, you can't really complain, can you? Yeah. Have the... you ever been to a, a rap battle? 
Like, I have seen... I've been to a beat battle, for example, I remember. But I lost. <laughs> oh, you <laughs> took part? Yeah, yeah, I took part. <laughs> but it was kind of unfair, like, because... And I'm not, like, Wait, being a sort... Wait, do you mean? No, 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 no. So you would bring beats. Ah, okay, okay. And uh, it was, like, uh, eight guys, and there were, like, rounds uh, at wet. And the thing is... Um, I'm not being a sore loser, by the way. <laughs> How long ago was this? And you're still so, complaining about yeah, it? Yeah, it was like eight years ago. Eight years ago. <laughs> but, but listen to this. So you got, I, we, I went there and it was in some dance studio next to the river in Lisbon. And I didn't understand before, but you win by the crowd. Like, you know, exactly like in 8 Mile. And I went alone. Ah, okay. <laughs> and the guy who went against me in the first round was like a teacher at the dance club. So everyone that was there knew this guy. So of course he killed me in the first round. So yeah. So you lost in the first round. I lost in the first round. Like, how can you fight with this guy? He's playing home. It's impossible. That's a shame, actually, because I was gonna surprise you with a rap ball. I was hoping you two might <laughs> battle it out on the mic. Oh, you should see us ten minutes ago. We were, yeah. Like just before the podcast started, we were really. I mean, killing it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I killed Antonio. Uh, uh, physically, also. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but then I thought about how I would feel being put in that situation and I decided against it because this sounds like nothing worse yeah, and it's not even my native language so I would probably I mean I would probably still be better than Michael but... <laughs> <laughs> I think you play wood I don't think I could I could ever freestyle like that I think I'd end up sounding like I don't know Kanye on Sway or something like that yeah no rhyme that's my new shit <laughs> Classic, I think we all would, wouldn't we, really? <laughs> uh, do you remember the first time that you saw 8 Mile? Paint a picture. Mm. 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 And I, I, I honestly cannot recall, but I can clearly recall uh, going to on YouTube and seeing like 8 Mile rap battles, uh, Portuguese subtitles and stuff like this. So I rem that's why I kind of, when we were watching the movie, re-watching this week, I was like, ah, I know the last guy is Papa Doc before there. <laughs> that guy is Lotto. So I knew all the names because this part I watched so often. But I don't remember the first time. Like, no, I mean, it's not exactly a memorable film like that, is it? <laughs> you know, like, that was I like was, 10 when it came out. Yeah, like, exactly. Probably, yeah. yeah. Uh, I think it was just, I mean, at the time, like when I was younger, I really liked hip hop. So for me, I was watching those kind of, mm -hmm. you know, most hip-hop films, when they come out, I'll watch them. If it's Get Rich or Die Trying, which I have watched, mm -hmm. or if it's, uh, what's that Biggie movie that came out? Is it just called Biggie? Notorious. 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 Yeah. Uh, and watched that when it came out. They're not, yeah. None of them are really great films, but I don't mm -hmm. know, there's something about it that is yeah. kind of entertaining enough to, to want to watch, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's made solidly enough to not totally bore you. Mm -hmm. No, and this film isn't a bad film. Like, it, it's actually pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like, it's... It's not the kind of, it's not a Get Rich or Die Trying, it's not like actually bad film. It's actually quite a, a good film. Man, can you please stop dissing 50 Cent on, like, <laughs> he's reckless, like he's going to destroy us. <laughs> you please stop, man. Okay. Sorry, sorry 50. 50. Yeah. Sorry, 50, my man is out of line. I'm going to talk to him after the show. <laughs> man, if he listens to this, my God. Do you think he would listen to this? I think it's just Ash's mum that listens to this. <laughs> Well, this is going to go out to all your all your supporters. So maybe another five people will hear it this time. Oh, he's right, actually. Is that what he got on the show? Because he knew he could <laughs> branch out. Basically, like what times five his audience? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Couldn't think of what like double, triple, quadruple. What's the fifth one? Quintuple. <laughs> I, I got you, man. 
Uh, how many times have you seen the film? Have you seen it a lot, or was this maybe like the third time you watched it? I, I think I've seen it like five times, maybe, mm-hmm. which is probably quite a lot, really. Yeah. But it's an easy film to watch. It's entertaining, it's... and mm-hmm. like you can you can put it on in any situation, really. Mm-hmm. You can put it on when you're stoned, not that I get stoned, mum. You can put it on <laughs> then. You can uh, if you've got some friends around, it's a good film to put on. Mm-hmm. It's you kind of have a lot of situations mm-hmm. where you can play it. It's a good travel movie too. Like you know, I'm gonna get a plane and let me load some movie to watch eight mile. And yeah, right. it's like easy. You already know what's gonna happen. You fall fall asleep. Uh, it's okay. I know what's yeah. happening when I wake up. So yeah, sure. Were you into Eminem now or younger? No, I mean I was into him so much. Really? And I, I really think he might. I mean, I, I it's hard to say, but he might be my favorite rapper. Not even kidding, man. He has a huge problem with consistency, no doubt. When he was at his peak, he was fucking crazy, man. It was mind-blowing. Did he make a good song after this film came out? Not even talking about albums, but a good song. Man, I don't know. I don't know his discography, like, year by year. Okay. After he, he came back from rehab, he still did his first album, which was, like, Relapse. I still love that album. From there on, consistency isn't there, but... If I'm going like, okay, he's my favorite. That's why it's hard to say. He's my favorite if I was thinking of every rapper at, at its peak. Okay, at the peak. Man, he's fucking crazy. Like, he's absolutely mm-hmm. crazy. Are you a fan of him? No, no. I bought a Slim Shady EP, the single. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was a B-side on it. I can't remember what it's called. I think it's like guilt, uh, Conscience or something like uh, that. Guilty Conscience. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Dr. Dre, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And uh, my mum heard me listening to it. Well, my mum heard me listening to Slim Shady and was a a bit annoyed anyway because of the language and stuff. But then I managed to talk around. I was like, no, no, come on, you know, I'm growing up, I don't know, I was maybe 11, 12 or whatever. So, yeah, talked around and then that came on playing and it talked about date rape and stuff like that. So it was just straight off the stereo, in the bin. So that was my... uh, foray into the world of Eminem and then that was it you gave up yeah I gave up I mean I'm not that into hip hop or rap anyway I'm more like uh, rock so yeah it wasn't that big a loss anyway but have you got an experience like that where your mum's heard you listen to music and been like you've got to switch that off because like that happened to me with NWA like I know it sounds ridiculous but when I was like nine years old I think I heard my brothers listening to it I remember hearing the song mm-hmm. Fuck the Police and thinking that's incredible. Mm-hmm. And so I used to try and play it. Like when they'd left, I'd borrow the CDs and I'd, and I'd play it. And my mum came into me listening to Fuck the Police. And she <laughs> was angry. I've never seen her like that. She was so pissed off. And she's like, you can't, I don't know if she's, you know, like, but. Is she 5 I don't know. This is like, I don't know if she loves the police. I don't know what it is about her. But she was really angry at me. And I couldn't listen to it, so I had to... I think that might be like kind of normal for a lot of hip-hop music, maybe, mm-hmm. people growing up. Like, hearing these kind mm-hmm. of... The mum's hearing these albums, you hear and listen to yeah. it, and uh, kind of against it. But mm-hmm. I never, like, I never had this issue so much. But, for example, I, re- I remember whenever I would, uh, like, burn a CD or something to play in the car, if we were going somewhere, I would pick very carefully to make sure there were no swear words or anything but i remember the opposite happening which is so i have two older brothers and my middle brother like he's into hip hop uh, like since forever and he was really into this group uh, from port called mind the gap 
which was like one of the big first groups in in Portugal that like they were really pop and really good. And I remember he he had the, the he had the CD and he would bring the discman when we were like on a car ride, and so we would be listening at one headphone each, right? And he would, uh, you know, you know, on discman's like the the volume was usually like this wheel on the side, <laughs> super hard to think. Yeah. And whenever a swear word was coming, he would try to, <laughs> you know, like flip the wheel super fast so I wouldn't hear the swear word. But of course, I had heard them before. You know. <laughs> but, so Eminem's not been that big an influence on your life, but was the film? No, not at all. If this is influencing <laughs> you in yeah. your life, then. You just... Yeah. No. <laughs> and just in case anyone did watch that film and think this is an incredible film and changed and maybe they changed career path because of this uh, no I mean come on <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did, did you watch it and think the same no the funny thing was I think watching it the other day was actually the first time I've watched it in its entirety <laughs> I think before I've maybe caught you know scraps being around at a friend's house and it's been on or whatever yeah. so this was the first time I actually sat down and watched it properly what did you think like? yeah I mean it's I'd say it's average. I don't think it's bad. And I think there is some good bits to it. Like, I liked the... I was fairly impressed with the camera work in it. During the rap battles? Or, like, in I mean, general? The rap battles are the, the best buzz. bit to it, really. Because I think it's really got that... It captures that energy of it really well. Yeah. I think the bits outside... Yeah. I mean, especially when Eminem is trying to act. Some of the line reads and stuff, like, when he gets pissed off walking out his mum's house and then he... Slams his hand on the container like... Yeah, that's really... Uh, he does that shit. Uh, that's true. Yeah. But did you think... what? What's your opinion on Eminem's acting? Like, he isn't an actor, right? But usually I'm super surprised with rappers. They, they, they're, not, they're not bad actors, like, naturally. It happens so often. I think he was good when he was in the rap battles or being angry or something like that. But I think anything else is very... Yeah. I don't know, it left a lot to be desired. He does do a great Spider-Man jump onto a car. <laughs> oh, does. Wow. Yeah, that was such like an Avengers <laughs> move, wasn't it? It's beautiful. But the, and the he, camera stops, doesn't it? Just as he like, like changes just as he's landing. So he's got <laughs> one hand in front of him, like like in a crouched position. <laughs> yeah, like, oh god. But can you think of an example of like some guy who was a rapper or a musician or uh, an athlete or something who played a part in a movie? Without training, that did it well. Kevin Garnett was really good. And Cut uh, Gems. And yeah, and Cut that, Gems. he was really yeah. good in that, I thought. Kevin Garnett, you know, in the Uncut, Uncut Gems, the one with Adam Sandler. Oh, the basketball player. The basketball yeah. player. He was, yeah. so he, good, was, he was actually really good in it. Mm -hmm. I was quite surprised how good he was. The one I can think of is Ice Cube, maybe. He's all right. Ice Cube's not bad, and he's been quite a lot of films yeah, as well. He's got but, some good experience. But he does do some, like, you know, this comedy, like, family comedy movies. And stuff. Yeah, he plays, like, the angry black dad, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, come on, Ice Cube. But uh, what about Michael Jordan in Space Jam? Oh, that's really bad. Well, this is it. You've got the new new Space Jam 2 coming out, haven't you, with uh, LeBron James. But he was really good in, uh, what was the film he was in? No, He was in a comedy. Oh, Trainwreck. Trainwreck. Of course, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I didn't watch it. Yeah, he was in. Uh, he was in Trainwreck. He wasn't that bad. Mm -hmm. like, He's shooting hoops with Bill Hader. Or something, that's it. Right? Yeah, 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 exactly. I thought he was. I thought he was all right in that. Let's see, Space Jam Two. Man, perfect timing with the Michael Jordan documentary. Everyone's it's hyped. Like, yeah, about basketball. Uh -huh. Yeah. Uh, what's your favorite scene in Eight Mile? I know. 
finishing. Man, let's just be honest, because everyone's thinking the same. The sex scene is pretty good. It's short and sweet, but it was nice. Like, do you think that they that actually when they were filming it, it took so much longer, but he had to cut it down because <laughs> it seems like it's not really cut either, and it lasts what like a minute maybe. But it's like a really intense minute, don't get me wrong. But yeah, it's, I mean, and it's during work and he's in yeah. the factory, you know, like... Yeah, I'm on. sure there this was more like, get it over and done with, get it quickly. How, how were people able to just go into the factory willy-nilly? There's no protective equipment, there's no standing in Because our... the movie came out in, in 2002 and 9-11 had happened only, like, just then. And it was probably shot before that. That's you know? true, yeah. So, <laughs> that was that the time when they brought in safety and soon. Yeah, yeah, there wasn't anything like this. The world was a different place before. Yeah. Like, you guys don't remember, but I do. Yeah. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. And also, it's Detroit. And, like, they have this motor car industry, don't they? I think that, I don't know, I think there's a lot of leniency there, I think. Especially, and this must have been the, the end of the kind of motor industry as well in Detroit. So maybe they were just not really giving a shit. Possibly. I like how the city is almost another character in the film. I really like that. I think my favourite scene in the film is right at the start where he's on the eight-mile bus and it's just shots of Detroit. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Just because it just gives you that element of like actually what Detroit was really like mm -hmm. and how like poverty stricken it was. And it's so cool that they have like some dialogue where one guy is saying like, how can you expect to be proud of your city when it looks like this? And it's like all abandoned houses. Because I, I, I was remembering, so Danny Brown is this rapper I really like and he's from Detroit. And the first time I heard one of his projects, he has a song where he's uh, saying like, the hook is something like house field field. Uh, abandoned house, field, field, and it's describing what he sees on the bus route or whatever in Detroit. And when you see the movie, mm -hmm. you're like, oh, so this is what the guy meant like 10 years later. It really is like that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so I really like that, that dialogue, actually. Well, when I was looking at the flavors, I'd, I was aware, but you know when you just know something, but you never really think about it, of how rich a history Detroit's got with all sorts. There were the race riots in 67, and then uh, techno started there which i always forget really i suppose because we you know live in it um yeah it pretty cool. mm -hmm. and you've got some of the best musicians um jay dill's from detroit mm -hmm. like the hip-hop scene in detroit was Beautiful. unbelievable like ant fiddler i think he played with like parliament uh double check that and if it's wrong just take that out please <laughs> uh but yeah i mean had some of the greatest mm -hmm. like, he's got some of the greatest musicians and, and artists really come from detroit so like mm -hmm. but that's it that's I think that's with everywhere right it's like manchester uh, during the 70s and 80s uh, both like some of the greatest musicians came from there because it's poverty right I think that's what breeds creativity and I think that's what happened with Detroit as well I think that's probably what's going to happen with this pandemic as well as a lot of people we're going to see a huge surge in creativity and like actually like great art is going to mm -hmm. come from this and that it's quite exciting I think even though that it is a bit of a shit time like there's going to be a lot of interesting thing that's going to come from, from mm -hmm. this. definitely feels like there's some sort of palpable change on the horizon Certainly the first time I've thought that in my lifetime. Yeah. It could all just be smoke and mirrors again, but I'm genuinely optimistic this time around. So which character do you relate to, if any? Why don't we uh, say Shubbers? Okay. Okay, okay a little bit first. Okay, I think... <laughs> Shut up, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck around you. 
man, you you remind me of Exhibit when he comes to the trailer <laughs> and he's trying to diss some girl, and, and then everyone just humiliates Exhibit. Yeah. <laughs> no, but honestly, I think I would be the like the you know the fat guy in Eminem's crew who's always like he doesn't he, he just, he's just ready to go. You know, man, I love him so much. <laughs> I wish I, like this is the guy. Who would you think, Ash? What would be your character? Well, I just like the name Cheddar Bob. I like the idea that there's a whole gang of cheese-related nicknames like Camembert Frank or Baby Bell Michael. <laughs> and I, like, I really wish I was from that kind of neighbourhood where everybody had nicknames. Mm-hmm. That'd be so because every single person in, in you know in Amal has a nickname, mm-hmm. and I would love if I could have had a nickname, like a mm-hmm. really good nickname. That's why my producer name is Mike Hayes because no one gave me a nickname growing up. <laughs> Have you got a nickname? I have a producer name, which is Men. I mean, it's Mendes, but it's M E N and then one zero. It doesn't work at all because I just picked this because my last name is Mendes, which is the same, right? And my brother, so the same brother who was into hip hop, like when he used to play football, he had this shirt where instead of writing his name, he just wrote Men and then he had number 10. And people were like, oh, it's Ment. Like, they understood Mendes. Ah, okay. So you're Men 10 the second, really? Yeah, and the worst thing is people call me Men 10, but that wasn't the intention. And now it's all, you know, right. it's too late. To... So, yeah. I wanted to bring up the whole postcode thing, because they always make a big deal about the 313, 313. <laughs> 313, baby, love. Yeah. Me and Mike are from really close part of town to each other. But I think if we were in gangs, we'd probably... Oh, yeah, we wouldn't be in the same gang. Yeah, be against yeah. each other. Yeah, my boys would be kicking the shit out of your boys. <laughs> Man, I would love to hear a fight. Like, just the vocal part between the Sheffield gang. How do the, how do the postcodes work in Portugal? So it's uh, four digits, then a minus, and then three more digits. But usually you just rep the, like, the first four digits. Right. So 2795, for example, which is like 08-ish, which is next to Lisbon, where I'm from. What's your postcode, Ash? S43, baby love. Ah, S41, baby love. <laughs> S43, really? S43, yeah. Um, S41, man. A little bit closer. A little bit closer. That's, cl- that's close enough to start a little bit of a war, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> you represent real hard for the 313. For sure, man. I'm doing it. I'm doing it for y'all, man. This is for Detroit. 313, baby love. Yeah, do you think the film could be considered a bit uh, problematic in terms of a white guy? almost appropriating uh, and then eventually mastering black culture with the with the rap battles and stuff or do you, like is it do you think it's an example of white privilege or i mean obviously it's a very delicate situation and mm-hmm. conversation really but i the way I always saw hip hop was it was never much of a race thing but more of an economics thing and I think that's how it kind of because they were poor and this is the best way for them i think to to kind of to unite each other because it was about getting the break beats and it was about having parties about having these mm-hmm. block parties and that's where it came from it was more to do with who was in your neighbourhood and obviously with being from like a you know, black neighbourhood that's where it kind of came from mm-hmm. so I think it was more of an economic thing rather than a race thing that's how I see it like I don't know if I'm the right guy to answer even but the what I think about this is like if you can't say for example this guy Eminem is uh trying to appropriate uh, uh, like a black culture because it's it's not like he's so actually 
uh, is good at practicing it and is not like trying to uh, make some quick money out of it or it's not like he's using it for his own benefit in a way like that. It's like the thing he actually liked and he actually fought for it and it's... Uh, and you can see, like, even through his career, like, he ran a label, he had a lot of uh, black artists on, uh, he always collaborated with uh, black artists, and it's never like he was signed to a major label and they get this white guy we can clean up and because he's going to sell more records, right? So he's this white guy who's rapping, but he's actually, like, a really good rapper. And so I think in this specific case for Eminem, it would be unfair to say that, that like, he earned this spot uh, and you can see that in the movie even like kind of of course he made the movie but <laughs> but you know in the end he's kind of like uh, more accepted in the club whatever you can see that these guys respect the quality and hip-hop has always been a bit like that they really accept the quality on the other end you the the actual question i think can be could another could the black artist at the same time with the same skills as eminem sell as many records as he did uh, probably not right mm. i think i think it would be trickier it's a good point that is true. And it did get a lot of white people into hip-hop. Mm -hmm. I think that was quite a big movement, I guess, was mm -hmm. Eminem coming through. I think he also being that outspoken as well yeah, and being who he was, he was more of like a, a rock star than he was like a, a rapper in a sense because mm -hmm. uh, he had that kind of attitude. And I think, yeah, I think that probably did put him above most other rappers. I don't mm -hmm. know. Like personally, I don't know if he, he's the best rapper, mm -hmm. but maybe because he was white, he probably did get a little nudging the right direction if yeah. you know what I mean mm -hmm. probably are. I think in terms of the film to be fair it does seem that class trumps race more mm -hmm. like all the digs that they have at him it's all for living in a mm -hmm. trailer yeah. and mm -hmm. that kind of stuff you know it, they take the piss because he's white but mm -hmm. a lot of the fire that he gets is from uh, yeah from his from his class mm -hmm. yeah. just in terms of the, the the problems with Eminem and especially the stuff he's been doing. Like, oh, so you're gonna get M you're not gonna get Eminem on the next one, is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah. uh, well, there's been a lot of controversy with the homophobic Ooh. stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Recently. That's a very good point. And he mm -hmm. does say faggot quite a lot uh -huh. in the movie. Right, right. Uh -huh. But then again, like it's it's such a tricky situation because it's one hundred percent disrespectful, like it's just not okay to do this. Uh, but then at the same time, you see this guy, like, uh, bring, he goes to the Grammys or whatever, and he brings out Elton John. Elton John was the guy who mm -hmm. took him, like, to rehab and was his best friend, you know? So it's like, does he... I think it's incorrect. Wait a second. Eminem and Elton John are best, best friends. friends. They are? I'm not, I'm yeah, not kidding. Yeah, they really are. Really. Yeah. Well, Elton John... Elton John. <laughs> Elton John. <laughs> Elton John got a load of shit for that from the gay community because of all the stuff that Eminem has right. said before and then uh -huh. people were pissed off because it, Elton John comes out with them and it's almost normalising that uh -huh. behaviour. Yeah, that's the, that's why it's such a tricky thing because if you ask me, like, does Eminem uh, hate gay people? I don't think so, obviously, right? Uh, I mean... He, he clearly doesn't. Should he say the things he says? No, I don't think he also should, right? I think especially during the early 2000s, I think uh, homophobia in, in rap music especially was probably not really considered an issue. Uh, I mean, for example, you had uh, DMX was extremely homophobic and it's strange when you listen back to it now. 
because uh, this is a song like Where the Hood's At. It's a very popular song from back in the day. I think it's millions and millions of views, whatever. It's very high in the charts. And then when you actually listen to the lyrics of that in the first verse, it's actually quite disturbing of how homophobic it really is. Uh, and I think that was completely just, it wasn't even looked at, it wasn't even taken at a second glance, even though when you listen to it now, you realize how bad it was. That's, so, that's, that's fucked up. We were talking about this the other yeah. day that um, I understand like why you shouldn't have done things in the past that are bad and 100% like if you were, like when Kevin Hart, they pull up some tweet, this guy, they yeah. last six, seven years ago saying something that now people understand that you shouldn't say that. Of course, he should like apologize, whatever, uh, uh, remove this kind of crap, uh, apologize to the communities, like do something to help out. But how much can you actually judge someone if they're honest with? I was a different person six years ago, seven years ago. Like, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't think you can be as harsh sometimes as people are. Do you think the culture of hip hop has changed with regards to how mindful people are of terminology that they use? Mm, I mean, I think it's. It's definitely uh, super hard to, to keep it PG always, right? Because it is very much built on boasting and ego tripping and whatever. Um, but I think it's evolving, man. Uh, you don't see like these kind of things like saying uh, faggot or whatever. You don't, people don't use this like that anymore. And, uh, and yeah, I think, it's, I think it's evolving in the right way in general, but it's such a, there's so many people doing it from all over the place it's different ages totally right you have eminem is like 50 is maybe he's 50 years old now right yeah so, and he, his hair looks uh, very brown still <laughs> no one, no one this guy thinks, he, thinks he's dying he's there eminem is 100 percent dying his hair funny thing about his age michael shannon plays his dad in the film michael shannon no is, he doesn't play his dad no no his stepdad yeah yeah but that's they were both went to the same school yeah yeah michael shannon in real life is two years younger than eminem Crazy. But he, he always seems the type of guy who always looks 45. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. that is very funny. But like, what is Michael Shannon like in real life? Because the guy looks like he could be an incredibly big weirdo. <laughs> but I love him. Like, his films are amazing. He's great in Bullock Empire. I love him so much in that. Yeah. Such a good character. Uh, and I think he's an incredible actor. But he does look a little bit like he could be a weirdo. Could be a bit of an oddball. I've, I've yeah. never really read any interviews with him but I've seen pictures of him at premieres and stuff and sometimes he goes in like Hawaiian shirts does he? Flags. yeah 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 <laughs> I'm not sure and I don't know if he, yeah I don't know if he's doing it because he likes you know playing the oddball type or if he's whatever got no fashion sense or something <laughs> I hope he's got a fashion sense <laughs> <laughs> as long as he's got good trousers though. yeah that's all he care about um, there was just one point that I wanted to bring up before we before we end it, because we we were joking about this the other day, the piece of paper that Eminem writes on on the bus. Mike was like, "Oh man, just get a new piece of paper." That actual piece of paper sold for ten grand because it it was the real piece of paper that he wrote "Lose Yourself" on. Oh really? Oh, he yeah, actually yeah. in real life wrote the song on on this piece of paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> mate. And by that point, you'd he's probably the millionaire, and he's still yeah. just not even got a notebook. Don't even yeah, that's a little bit. Him? And it was like there was like different colours of paper in there it's like a yellow page I think and a white uh -huh. page like that guy just where is he reaping paper from even like if I needed to reap some paper from somewhere like I'd, I'm not sure where to go even you know I would just have like if you're gonna rip some paper like be from all the same notebook maybe I get it you can't carry that in your pocket or whatever uh -huh. but like 
if he's going to like four different notebooks, I'm starting to think maybe he's just going to random shops and stealing bits of paper from everyone. Or maybe he's stealing them from the kid. Whose kid is that? Is it his kid <laughs> or is it his mom's? Yeah, so like... Uh, yeah, nowhere there's only one point in the film where they mm-hmm. mention who the kid could be and that's Michael Shannon and he I think it's when him and Eminem are having the fight and he says something about how are oh, the two kids in this or your two kids uh-huh. yeah there's a point where you can see that the the girl is Eminem's sister right yeah but I don't know if, it wasn't 100% mm-hmm. but I'm pretty sure it must I think be. it is man, because even you remember when he was like he was so shocked that his ex-girlfriend was pregnant. Yeah. So if you already had a kid, would you really be so scared? I like I mean, the ambiguousness of it because like, I like films where they do that, where they don't give you something or they don't just say it straight out. You have mm-hmm. to work it out yourself. I like that in movies. And that's why I think Eminem, you know, The Eight Mile is such a great okay. film. <laughs> <laughs> and what did you guys think of the fact that all of Eminem's friends <laughs> kept trying to bang his mom? <laughs> Didn't you think like this was too much? I was kind of surprised at Kim Basinger being in it to start Uh with. Yeah. But then the director directed LA Confidential, which she was also in. Uh, So he comes from he comes from a bit of pedigree. I didn't know it was the same person. Really? I must have got paid a lot of money. Yeah, I mean it's an Eminem vehicle, isn't it? I think it like on its opening weekend it made more than they got the Oscar. Yeah, that's true. What did it cost? Twenty five million, I think, and then they ended up making like. like, 250 years yeah, yeah, yeah. Made like 10 times more than the film mm-hmm. movie was worth. Yeah, right. Pretty good. So, I mean, you can't really... I mean, I get it. And you can't forget this is this movie won an Oscar, man, for this song. I think that's beautiful, actually. <laughs> Isn't it? Like, this guy, he's a real rapper, makes a, a movie about, like, his pseudo-story. He makes one main song, it fucking wins the Oscar. Like, man, beautiful. Jealous. And then he goes back 20 years later to... <laughs> Too much up, bro. Massive delay. And I think we have to mention one thing as well is at the start of the movie where there's the uh, he's in the toilet and he's you know he's about yeah. to throw up whatever and he comes out of the toilet and there's the bouncer and the bouncer's like you can't come back in here you can't go backstage uh-huh. he's like I was just there right at the end of the movie I think this is the best thing they become friends and like uh-huh. they see the bouncer sees how good uh-huh. the rapper Eminem is and he's like three one three baby love. <laughs> go puke again and do your thing <laughs> redemption and, well that's what it was though right it was the whole uh-huh. the ending of the film was just all callbacks at the start of the film and it was that little bit uh-huh. I, I mean it's a bit cheesy but who did you think was the best rapper in the free world like the guys who, who rap the first the second or the third from the rap battles <sighs> Papa Doc Lotto Lickety Split there's an ice cream shop named after Lickety Split Holy shit, okay, so that's... Somewhere, it's not here, it's in the States, but... Did you Google that? I did Google that, yeah. <laughs> I, was looking how to, I was looking how to spell it. Uh. <laughs> and now it's time to say goodbye, I'm afraid. And it's the part of the podcast where we rate the film that we've just watched out of five scoops. And the scoop system is exactly the same as the star system, but I don't know if it's copyrighted, possibly. So I'm copywriting this one. I'm trademarking this bitch. <laughs> so how many scoops would you give 8 Mile out of five? I mean, you heard my review earlier of the ice cream, so I think we're all waiting for this one. Uh, I give it three scoops out of five scoops.
Three, you agree? Uh, I agree. I think it's okay, not terrible, very average. Didn't have a bad time, didn't have a good time. It's not memorable, but you can have a good time watching it. It's entertaining to say the least. Or the most, I think, is the uh, takeaway from this. Uh, just before we go, I had one last question that I wanted to ask you boys. So, look, if you had one shot, <laughs> one opportunity to seize everything you ever wanted, one moment, would you capture it or would you just let it slip? I think I'd just let it slip. And I think I, think I did it already, man. <laughs> slip. Do you have a website, social media, anything you want to plug? Yeah, you can find us uh, on Instagram, Natadanata Records. Uh, I think all the links are in there to our to our social media platforms. Check us out on SoundCloud. Yeah, Natadanata Records. Uh, you'll maybe find us with the amazing logo. We should spell it maybe just because. Yes, that's a good point. Nata. <laughs> da, Nata. N-A-T-A. D-A. N-A-T-A. Records. Records, yeah. I'm not going to spell records. Sweet. Thanks very much. It's always weird at the end of podcasts because everyone says bye, but then we're all in the same room. So. <laughs> yeah, and we live together, so it's a little... <laughs> like, so, good. Just see you in the hallway. Yeah, in a bit. See you in a minute. <laughs> That's your lot. Unless you scrub through, in which case you can rewind and try and piece together all the bits that you missed. Visit flicksandscoops.com on the World Wide Web for all my ice cream recipes and film stuff, and I'm on all the usual socials. I'd also very much appreciate it if you could find it in your kind hearts to give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts and comment which film you would choose and what ice cream you would pair it with. It will really help the rest of the film and ice cream niche finders. Next up on the podcast, we've got a special Grindhouse Double Bill episode. I spoke with the guys who run the open mic short film night at Wolf Kino in Berlin. So first on is Angela Lee, and her film pick is Chunking Express. It's a corker, so do not miss it. Choose. Now it's time for ice cream. And you can get it right here. Ice, 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 ice cream.